You're listening to Intrepid Healthcare's exclusive coverage of Him 17 Annual Conference and Exhibition. Welcome to our special Join the Conversation show direct from Him 17 in Orlando. Join the Conversation is brought to you by Experian Health. Experian Health, leading the way to help their clients power opportunities to create a better tomorrow. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Lavelle and Todd Yuri. That's right. I'm Joe Lavelle. I'm so excited to be bringing you Join the Conversation with my co-host, Todd Yuri from the Experian Health booth right here in Orlando. Todd, let's give a quick shout-out to our great sponsor, Experian Health. Experian Health, bringing the partners together. It's been an amazing time here at HIMSS 2017. This organization is truly best in class for patient access. And the awards that they've received in category leader in claims management for 2017 is well-deserved. Congratulations, Experian Health. Absolutely. We're going to get right to it today. I want to introduce our guest, Tim Urich. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tim, Thanks. could you take the first part of our discussion here and just give the audience an idea about you and your background? I'm a systems engineering consultant. I've been providing solutions for 35 plus years. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> and I've covered many different areas of healthcare. Years in pharmacy, a ton of radiology work, and most recently, the last 10 to 15 years, a large focus on the laboratory, EMRs. I've done a lot of different things. Perfect. Let's start with this then, Tim. How do you see the future state of laboratory evolving over the next three to five years? The crystal ball question. <laughs> oh, we get our crystal ball out right. later. <laughs> well, first, I want to think about where we've come from. It's not that long ago, the doctors were all walking around with paper charts. I was at a conference, I don't know if it was a hymns or other, years ago, and the speaker mentioned that healthcare was one of the last industries to go electronic compared to something like banking. So it's come a long, long way, and I'll give a radiology example. When I first got into radiology, it would not be uncommon for patient in the ED to get filmed, and they were using films. The films would get hung. The ED doc would take a look at it, especially if it was just arms and legs, and decide to treat the patient. The films would be taken down, moved over to the reading room. If the radiologist was gone for the day, they would read it the next morning, probably recording a cassette. Someone would come by, pick it up a couple hours later, take it upstairs to transcription. Hopefully they get it typed before the end of the day, depending on the backlog, so they could get it signed before the doctor went home, the radiologist. Obviously, it doesn't work that way anymore. The average ED turnaround time is measured in minutes. The films are right there on the work list. They get read. Voice recognition is captured. The report is presented, signed, literally in 12 to 15 minutes from the time the patient hits the ED. It's amazing. And the voice recognition might even tell the doctor, oh, you forgot to mention such and such, which is required for Medicare reimbursement. Could do things like that. So that's a radiology example. But the point is this. The focus in this automation in healthcare has traditionally been on the operational system. Improving the workflow, getting it functional, Obviously, making sure the charges are captured and billing goes out the door, a huge, huge focus in those systems have become quite mature these days. 
We are past that point. Ten years ago, you'd walk around hymns and the word integration was everywhere. (laughs) Now it's interoperable. There's a lot of population management going on. My point is this, is that analytics, the ability not just to automate your workflow and make an efficient operational system, but to be able to use data to figure out what is going on, whether it's within the laboratory, within the production lines, whether it's a client issue, whether it's population management issues. I think that laboratories will heavily invest in the analytics part. Good segue. So from your perspective specifically, how has the movement to value-based reimbursement affected the laboratory business? Obviously, it's beginning, and it's only going to have a much bigger impact, but it points back to those analytics. With the value-based reimbursement, all the partners in healthcare are going to have to contribute. It's going to be a team, whether it's the laboratory, the pharmacy, the radiology department. Everybody's helping the providers provide the value to the clients at the optimal cost, make sure that the utilization of all the tools, all the diagnostic tools, everything, all the treatment tools is optimized for the patient base. So it's tools like that where you now are getting out of just improving my operational system to I now need analysis tools to better understand and find outliers that will help reduce those costs and provide the most efficient treatment for the population of patients. Good deal, Tim. Many healthcare organizations that are here at HIMSS are starting to really use analytics in innovative ways. In fact, I've said if we created a tag cloud of all the words on all the boos, 99% of the boos are going to have the words analytics. That word is everywhere, absolutely. What Um, benefits can laboratories gain from using a healthcare CRM and analytics? Specific to the healthcare CRM, one of the key benefits is, as we know, there's many silos in healthcare. Your billing system will give you your financial reports. Your operational system will give you operational customer service systems if you want to know what's going on with the client issues or whatever. So traditionally, and it still exists a lot today, those are separate systems, and in order to understand what's going on, you're running into different systems and hopefully they can give you their individual pieces of information. With an HC1 type of product, you now have a central repository where all this data can be centralized into one area because many of the users need to share information outside of their own area. Sales might need to see customer service data. They want to see volumes. They want to know turnaround time so they don't go in and are blindsided by an issue. The same thing with the other users. The medical officers, the medical leadership needs to see what's going on with the test results. So it provides a central repository and you cannot do that without big data capabilities because there is so much information being generated in the laboratory today. The volumes are up with the booming population. It's only going to keep increasing. The inventive testing that's coming out, generating more and more data, you need a big platform. So this platform gives you the ability to centralize the information, put one reporting package together that can be shared by many, many users in the laboratory and they all share information, even the information that's outside of their department, where in the past it was go fish into the other 
systems to find your answers. Sam, you've been in this industry in healthcare IT long enough to see things dramatically change, especially if you took things in five-year increments, matter of fact, three-year, two-year increments. And as that wealth of knowledge in now the laboratory industry specific to technology Share with us what you believe the game changer is for your lab customers and the laboratories that are out there on the HC1 platform. The big game changer in probably the reason that word is spread all over the trade show is the ability to effectively do real-time analysis across these huge, huge data sets. Laboratories today, the large ones, they're dealing with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of clients. And the volume of data those clients are generating is absolutely huge. The big data solutions and the analytic solutions turn what used to be sometimes a three to four week analysis. Client calls in and says, hey, well, I've noticed something's gone awry. This test seems to be running high. So you'd have to go to the IT department, ask them to run some queries. Here's the date range. Here's the customer. Here's the test. Unfortunately, those were all typically custom queries and it take them time to develop it. The big old mainframes, fire it off on Friday night, hope it's done Monday morning. <laughs> and then from there, you go to Excel. And then you have to do all your Excel magic. Very inefficient process. You could now put those parameters into analytic tools and say, this is what I want to look like. Here's the range. Any date, any time, any time frame, any client, any test, any age range, any gender and have the answer in seconds. CMO I worked with in one of my clients' comment was, this has proved to be an invaluable tool. Just to have that real-time analysis capability, it literally turned weeks into minutes. Outstanding. Tim, what specific analytics should all laboratories have in place in order to survive? They absolutely have to have them to survive. If you just start with your basic volumes, turnaround times, a session listing, those are givens. You would think everybody has those with the flexibility of any client, any test, any time frame, many, many ways of running those fundamental queries. I'm sure there's a lot of laboratories and whatnot out there that would say, ooh, I'd love to have all that. Many of them do, but that's almost like the price of admission. You must have that. Those are simple requests, but they're extremely common. And if you could literally, like I said, run those in seconds versus multi-day or week turnaround time on a specific report, that's an indefinite advancement. The big win, though, is you need to move to active monitoring and alerting in these tools. And the tools do start to provide this type of capability. Because running your turnaround time at the end of the month and finding out that it's gone up, it's too late. It's too late to do something about it. Or finding out the reason is in a session got stuck and got lost a little bit, it's too late. So you need to take the next level then, move to active monitoring and alerting so that the system's watching for problems like this, watching for a creep in turnaround or a creep in a test value. Maybe the piece of equipment is starting to lose calibration. Maybe there's a handling error with a specimen that's somewhat temperature sensitive. Being able to monitor this stuff and alert before things get out of control. 
that's where you really start improving quality of the laboratory, response time of the laboratory, and find these things in flight and get them addressed. You can't go dumpster diving after the fact. Absolutely (laughs) not. Tim, it's such a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for joining us, sharing your great wisdom with us today. No problem. Thank you. All right. That wraps this live broadcast from Hymn 17. Again, we want to shout out to our sponsor, Experian Health. What great friends they've turned out to be. On behalf of our guest, Tim Urich, my co-host Todd Urie, I'm Joe LaBelle, and we hope you stay tuned for more of Join the Conversation from Orlando. Smarter business decisions, a better bottom line, stronger relationships with patients. That's what more than 3,000 hospitals and health systems and 7,000 other healthcare providers, 60% of all U.S. healthcare organizations, are experiencing as partners of Experian Health. Experian Health provides industry-leading revenue cycle management, identity management, patient engagement, and care management solutions that power opportunities in today's value-based healthcare environment. Find out for yourself by going to www.experian.com forward slash healthcare. Bookmark that site to keep abreast of Experian Health's transformative service offerings.